Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 144, I Am Unhappy in My Relationship. It's November 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, podcaster, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. My music is by Howie Moscovich. I am unhappy in my relationship. Oh my heavens, people. This is such a common, common problem. So painful, yet so common. So before I start slicing and dicing this topic apart, in the attempt to give you some power over this problem, painful problem as it is, and by the way, your relationship can be a family member, your parent, your child, it could be your coworker, it could be your spouse, it could be a friend, it could be someone in the neighborhood. You can have unhappiness in any type of relationship, not just marriages or, you know, family. So first of all, my disclaimer, I am not a therapist or medical health professional in any capacity. None of my content either oral, written, video, is designed or intended to be medical advice or therapy advice. That you should get medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider, of which I'm not. Now, the next piece is if you are feeling suicidal, if you happen to feel that life is too hard for you, that you simply can't carry on, I am asking you to stop and either call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K, which is 8255. So that number would be 1-800-273-8255 or in many, possibly most parts of the U.S., you can call or text 988. Now, I have this uh, suspicion from something I read that 988, which is going to be the or is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number that you can call or text, is actually not operational in all the U.S. states. I don't know if that's true or not. So I'm giving you both, and I'm telling you, you're, if you are feeling suicidal, it is extremely likely that this is related to a childhood trauma or it could be related to an adverse childhood experience or some adult trauma. And probably how you're feeling is reasonable based on what happened. So there is help available and I'm asking you to make that call or text and get the help because we have lots of help available. My last piece is if you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com. I will eventually have them on my own website, but for now you can get transcripts for all of my podcasts on rss.com, which by the way, originally last year when I did have transcripts, when we first brought out transcripts, uh, 
it was for the hearing community who wanted transcripts to print out to use to make notes on and and that type of thing so it's valuable for hearing or the deaf or hard of hearing community and my last piece is I am still recovering from my nearly fatal car accident on Labor Day of this year, September 4th. I'm, I'm chuckling, but of course it's not funny. It's a very, it's a big trauma, very painful. And at the same time, if you have emotional skills, people, you can just go through that. You have to process and manage your emotions. I'm not talking about powering through it. I'm not talking about pretending it didn't happen. No, that's, that's BS. That's never going to work, but really dealing with your emotions. So I'm kind of traveling around. I found out I'll be walking. I can start walking in three weeks. Woohoo. I can now stand on two feet. So we're making lots of progress. And I am really recording podcasts wherever I go. I'm taking my little suitcase with my headset and my microphone and all my equipment wherever I am. So bear with me. Now, so you are unhappy in your relationship. Well, for some of you, you're unhappy in multiple or several relationships, which is fine. And it could be family, non-family, could be work, could be neighbors, could be in a club, could be wherever. Here are some of the top reasons or, or circumstances or situations that cause people to end up feeling unhappy. Now, this is not the end-all be-all list. It's a pretty healthy list, but you can listen to this list and see Oh, does that resonate? Or, oh, yeah, I think that might be going on. Because sometimes when we are unhappy in a relationship, it's sometimes difficult to put your finger on the pulse. It's like difficult to figure out what is really going on. So hopefully this podcast will kind of help you sort that out or at least give you some ideas and then give you some options about how to have a wonderful life, even though you might have some unhealthy or unhappy relationships in your life. So number one is you might be with a high mark, high maintenance person. That could be a high maintenance friend. It could be a high maintenance family member or child or partner or significant other or spouse. If you're high maintenance, you could be unhappy because you're high maintenance and your needs are not being met. But anyway, a high maintenance person either you or the other person can be a reason, a source for unhappiness. It could be that whoever you're dealing with is never satisfied. And again, some of these things could apply to you because I do know people who are never satisfied, never happy, nothing's ever good enough. And it doesn't matter what you give them or what you do for them. They're never going to be satisfied. That's not on you. It could be on them, but it could apply to you. They feel like nothing is good enough. They are unhappy with themselves in life. Well, first of all, that's a big one. You have to find happiness within yourself. You can't make other people happy. Sadly, sadly, sadly. They might have or you might have unfair expectations or unreasonable expectations. There might be confusion. When there is confusion, there is often lying, gaslighting, triangulation, or tactics of manipulation. The truth, people, is usually not confusing. The truth might be hurtful. The truth might be hard to hear. The truth might be ugly. But the truth is usually pretty direct and straightforward. Confusion is often in the swirling vortex of lying and manipulation. It could be a bait and switch, which happens. Your partner, your spouse, your friend, your co whoever said they wanted X, Y, and Z, and then they changed the goalposts. 
So that could be going on. Now, there could be arguments and arguing. Well, what is that about? Do you have shared goals? Do you have shared values? And, and you know, is low self-esteem at play? They could be a perfectionist. They could be super critical or super sensitive. They could be a psychopath. There's all kinds of things that could be in the mix if there's lots of arguments. Uh, they put you down to feel better about themselves. That is one way some people operate that would make you unhappy. Uh, and it, sometimes you end up with friends or people or whoever that only wanted you for your money or as a cover for a nasty double life or because they feel like, you know, it looks good for them to be friends with you or what have you. So they have an agenda, which... Uh, sometimes becomes clear. Now, they could have a mental health issue that's causing the unhappiness, and that would fall under the someone who might be a psychopath, a narcissist, a sociopath, an antisocial personality, sometimes the borderline personalities. There's, there's a couple different diagnoses under the mental health arena that could create lots of unhappiness in any type of relationship. Um, they might lack respect for you or you might lack respect for them. They clearly could be, operative word could be, they could be an abuser, meaning they are using bullying tactics, they are mean, abusive. Most likely, if there's unhappiness, there's probably a lack of self-awareness among other things. You might lack self-awareness. Like sometimes people are mean and they just, or they're jerk and they just can't see that they're being mean or jerk. It's like the whole new, uh, on Reddit and different podcasts now are like, am I the blank hole? You know, like, cause people are asking cause they don't have self-awareness or they don't have values or they don't have integrity or they're, you know, fueled by envy, jealousy, resentment, or what have you. So they can't see the forest for the trees. So they have to write in or call in and say, am I the, you know, am I the jerk? Um, they might not be committed to the relationship, which could leave you unhappy, or you might not be committed. Now, addictions can be a source of a lot of unhappiness. And the addictions, by the way, may be known or hidden. I know a lot of people in the last 10 plus years found out that their spouse was engaging in a hidden addiction. So addictions may be known or hidden or stealth. Uh, the next thing, which, oh, happens so often and we don't talk about it. And I only found out about it this year. I know. Well, guess what? I may be late to the party, but the party hasn't even begun. So uh, next on my list for what could be a source for unhappiness is trauma bonding. If you've been abused, you could be easily bonded to the person who's abusing you. And that's called trauma bonding. This happens with parents and their children. It happens in domestic abuse where a husband or wife or significant other, if they're not married, becomes trauma bonded to their abuser. It's really, I think, w way more common than we're talking about because I've had, I've had a lot of time. I've had several months to think about this whole idea of trauma bonding. And I think it is like, oh my gosh, like, I think it is extremely common. Uh, because, of course, we know that betrayal trauma, which is a betrayal, which could be, you know, your parents betraying you as a child or your caregiver, or it could be your spouse in, in domestic abuse, or it could be, you know, whatever. But, but we have betrayal trauma, and then we have betrayal blindness. And all of those things would be below the radar or below the surface 
for almost everyone. And then it, once you find out about it, you can kind of sit back and go, oh, yeah, they are, they are abusive to me. Oh, yeah, I have made excuses for them. Oh, yeah, you know, and it, things start to make sense. So that's roughly 18 reasons for unhappiness that you might be doing or someone might be doing in your relationship with them, regardless of the type of relationship. Now, I do want to make a side note about if children are involved, whether they are young, teen, or adults. So when you have a relationship where there's unhappiness, usually some of the things I just covered are involved. That's almost always the case because otherwise, why would you be unhappy? If none of those things were present, what's left? Love and affection, you know, each respecting each other, each admiring and being wanting the best for the other person. That's what's left if you take out all the problems I just covered. So when there are children, now this could be young, uh, teen or adult, what I want you to know is that this, these behaviors I just covered, the source of unhappiness is almost, it's almost, it's predictable that it is going to be a trauma for your child, whether they're young, teen, adult, young adult or older. I'm telling you, it is extremely likely, extremely likely that this will be a trauma. And it is extremely damaging to children of any age. Sorry to break it to you, but when there's unhappiness, there doesn't even have to be a divorce. You know, and it could be, you know, parents with one child. Like you, you might be the child in the family of whatever age and you might not be involved, but it's very unhappy to see your parents or your a parent not getting along with one of your siblings. This is very damaging to children. And I say this because one of my commitments is that we as a, so as a society stop doing the things that damage our children. Like you wonder why the suicide rate is so high. We can correlate the suicide rate, which is on the upward, you know, spiral. It's so spiraling upwards with, with no, you know, downward trends since, since the beginning since we started tracking it. So these issues that show up where the result is unhappiness in a relationship, they uh, increases low self-esteem, increases depression, anxiety, and many other issues that can lead to addictions and suicide. So my request is, if you are in relationships or a relationship that leaves you unhappy, don't kid yourself and think that this does not impact your child. I'm telling you, that's, that's, you know, bunk. It's total bunk. Get them into therapy. Like, I promise you, I promise you that this will impact them. And it's too important not to do something. So let's talk about you're in a relationship of some sort, marriage, situationship, significant other, family, child, coworker, whatever. What are your options? Well, you've got a limited number of options, I hate to tell you, but we're going to go through them. So number one, well, you could do the work to fix the relationship. And that would be great if both parties are interested and committed because one person cannot fix a relationship. Now, I know some people will assert and argue 
that that's not true, one person can. Well, I hate to break it to you as somebody who went through four different marriage therapists, one worldwide marriage encounter, months or a year of worldwide marriage encounter groups, only to find out it was the con of my life. No, I couldn't fix that marriage. I could never fix that marriage because the marriage was all gone. So it does take two people doesn't take two people to break a marriage or break a relationship. No, it doesn't take two to break it or mess it up. It takes one to mess it up. Can take two. Oftentimes there's two people. But one person typically, unless, you know, could one person fix it? Well, if you're addicted to drugs or you have some addictions or you have a mental health problem, yeah, you could make huge inroads by getting to work on yourself. But uh, it typically takes effort on both parties. So one is fixing the relationship if that's an option and it may or may not be an option. Sometimes then the second option would be to leave the relationship, which if it's family or your child, no, you're not going to leave your child. I hope you're not going to leave your child. I'm, I'm suggesting that if you're, if it's your child, you get yourself sorted out, you get a good therapist, you get in, in the trenches and sort that out because your child, I don't care if they're 18 or 38, your child needs you and, and there's work to be done. Now, if it's family, not your child, maybe it's your parents or your siblings, you might have to distance yourself. If you're the family scapegoat, I got news for you. That's never going to go well for you. Now, you know, you have to decide what your options are if you're not going to fix it, which could be leave. It could be creating distance. It could be limiting your contact. It could be, if it's a friend, stop being friends with that person. I mean, unfortunately, I've had friends that weren't actually very nice. And they didn't really care that they, they didn't really care that they were gossipers and backstabbers, and that's not the kind of people I want in my circle. So we had discussions about it, and there was no changing them. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can't be friends with you. I can't be friends who's going to be spiteful and mean to people. That's just not that is not okay with me. It goes against my morals. It goes against my boundaries. It goes against my belief of being kind to people. So you might have some options in terms of, you know, leaving, separating, creating some distance, you know, not being friends or changing job, like what, you know, what are there? Now, a third option, which is one of the options that many people take, which does not make me happy, which is to suffer along and stay in it despite the state of things. You can do that. I'm not dismissing that as an option, which is why I've included it. And at the same time, that can be a very heavy burden. Now, oftentimes in domestic abuse, uh, domestic abuse, before there's violence, oftentimes when there's domestic abuse and then there's violence, you have no choice but to deal with it because law enforcement gets involved and it becomes public. So you really have to deal with it. But we have a lot of domestic abuse where there's no violence. And that's not good. And you might have to suffer for a while until you can make an escape plan and figure out how to get out of it. That's that's the usual course with domestic abuse. Hopefully, if you're in domestic abuse, hopefully economic abuse is not going on at this time. Now, it's extremely likely that it's going on because that's one of the first tactics or second tactics of abusers. So they're going to isolate their target. They're going to isolate the person they're abusing, which could be their spouse or significant other or whomever. And then they will, if they have control of the money, they will start 
using domestic abuse. And women do this too. This is not something that just the men do. Uh, I have known uh, a woman, I knew a woman who was not the breadwinner, got control of the family finances and, you know, major economic abuse being done to the husband, the man. So this happens both ways. I don't recommend suffering along, but if you're in domestic abuse, you might have to do it for a while, but I hope you will eventually get the support, get an escape plan and get out because that's what's going to be good for you mentally and emotionally. And if you have children in the mix, it's going to be best for them because do not think for one second that your children will escape the impact of domestic abuse because they will not. And another option you have, I have at least, is of course you could work on yourself. Well, I like this option because it gives you control and it gives you power. So when you are in a relationship of any sort, of any kind, where it's making you unhappy, it's oftentimes because your needs are not being met, which doesn't have to involve direct uh, abuse, but working on yourself is one way to take back your power. It may or may not help the relationship, but the more self-aware you become and the more you learn new skills, habits, practices, etc., the more empowered you are, you're going to be able to make a better decision about your future and how to handle it. So those are some of your options. Now, we do have people who are in families or they're in marriages or they're in relationships where one person says it could be the mom or dad. It could be the kid that sometimes this happens with the kid where the kid is unhappy and the kid says, well, I want to go to therapy. The child goes to therapy. Now this could be a young child, a teen, an adolescent. It could be an adult child. It could be a 25 year old or 40 year old child. And then the therapist says, well, this sounds like a family dynamic issue. Let's get your mom and dad in here. Let's get your mom in here, dad, or whatever. And then your parents are unwilling. They refuse to go. Or your spouse, you know, somebody in this, in this relationship where you're unhappy refuses to go if you go to therapy. That's, that is not uncommon. It's actually common. And that's because some people are unwilling to look at their own behavior. They, their needs are being met. They have no reason to change. It's likely that it's too threatening to their ego or too threatening to their, their psyche, or it could be a sign. It could actually be a sign of domestic abuse. It could be a sign of so many things. But I do want you to be aware that just because you are willing to go get to work and ask for help, the other individual or individuals, if it's more than one person, may not be willing. And that, to me, is a red flag. It's a red flag because healthy people, this is from what I've read, this is from the research, the healthiest of people are willing to look at themselves. They're willing to say, oh, you know what? You're right. That must be very painful when I do that. I'm sorry. I will I will stop doing that. Like, that's what a healthy person would say. Now, a, an unhealthy person would be so bereft of any type of criticism they're so brittle that they can't face the truth and they they will very likely lie like crazy and there are people who go into therapy whether it's an adult and child or a spouse or what or couples and they will lie their face off just lie their complete face off 
and project, accuse you of doing what they're actually doing, which basically then leaves the therapist to try to figure out who's telling the truth because the therapist might not know right at the beginning. So going to therapy is an option for some of you and you can go by yourself and sometimes if you go by yourself, uh, from what I understand, the therapist might say, oh yeah, this is not a, a you problem. This is a family dynamic problem. This is a marital dynamic problem. This is a, you know, this is a situation at work that's, you know, you're not the problem and let's sort it out. So but when two people or a group or family genuinely cares for each other and loves for e loves each other, it's not that hard to have an amazing relationship. The problem is we have parents who have made their own child the scapegoat and one child the golden boy or golden girl. And then they act like there's nothing wrong because this is how we do it because they're so blind to their own behavior. So there are options, but they may not be options depending on who you're dealing with. So, um, so that's that. Now, the hard parts. There are many hard parts if you're in a relationship where you're unhappy. Well, clearly the hard, one hard part is that you're unhappy. Um, one of the hard parts can be admitting to the truth. And sometimes admitting to the truth is something you're doing that's not helpful. And sometimes the hard part is looking at the truth of what they're doing. The, the truth that they're not a good person and you might have to cut ties. If you're waking up to the fact that you're trauma bonded with an abuser or you're in domestic abuse, that's painful. That that's not a that's not a happy day. And if you especially realize most abusers are not sorry, most most abusers are never going to be sorry. That's a that's a problem, uh, and that makes it even harder. So if you're learning about cheating, infidelity, con artists, hidden addictions, that's another hard part. You might have to start over as a result of dealing with what you're unhappy about. Now, I, I am just starting over like the fourth time, not not from four marriages, but starting over, starting new chapters in my life on the, on the fourth time. And, and that can be beautiful. There's like many great things about it, but it's scary. And that's one reason people will kind of shove the their unhappiness under the rug because it's scary to start over can be very wonderful. Like, like I'm telling you, it can be very wonderful, but it's also scary. It's not like just one or the other. Uh, certainly, if you wake up to the fact that you're in domestic abuse, then hopefully you'll put escaping domestic abuse on your list, and that's hard. The impact on children is very hard, and sometimes taking action might mean that you end up being poor. <laughs> Sometimes taking action means that you find out your money's been stolen, but hopefully that doesn't happen to you guys. Um, and it could be, one of the hard parts could be that it's dangerous. There are people, uh, parents included, this is not like just for domestic abuse, but there are parents who, you know, upon being confronted are really awful to their children. Like some of the stories you can read online, uh, and, and in many cases, the kids, which could be a teen or young person or older, they didn't do anything to provoke their parent, but their parents are just nasty and don't see that they're nasty. So it could be dangerous. So you are the only one who can sort out what to do. I'm not a fan of staying in a position, a relationship where you're unhappy because that's not good for your health, but you can do it. 
you just need to understand there's a cost for that. Now, one thing I want to mention before I move on is the whole topic of regrets. Well, there are studies and there's some research that uh, looks looked at when people are dying, when they know that the end of their life is 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 upon them. What what are the things they're thinking about? And one of the things that they talk about is their regrets. They're not talking about their proudest, proudest moments or their biggest successes. They're talking about the things they regret, the things they didn't say, the things they didn't do, maybe the trips they didn't take. Like it's hard to say, but they're talking about regrets. So when it comes to me and my relationships, one thing I do as a rule is I give my relationships my all and I don't just willy-nilly ditch them for no good reason. Well, I ha I did do that. I did do that a, a couple times when I ran away from love, not knowing I ran away from love, but for other relationships, I don't generally just ditch them. I try to work things out and some people have no interest in working things out because they're really not that nice to begin with so before i do anything i try to work it out then i have no regrets because if i tell somebody look if you go do that to that to that woman or that man that is vengeful that is vindictive that is cruel and that's actually you stabbing that person in the back who really helped you for years I can't tolerate that. And that person, that friend says, well, that's too bad. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, okay. Then you have a couple conversations and it becomes clear. They're attached and committed to being vengeful, vindictive, mean, and cruel. So then I have to say, I'm sorry, I can't be friends with you. I cannot, I will not be friends with someone who's like that. I don't want anybody like that in my circle. Those people aren't well, in my opinion. And those people, by the way, can be really dangerous. You don't want people like that in your circle, I hope. So, so I don't, I'm not a fan of taking action you're going to regret. And sometimes what people regret when it comes to unhappy relationships is not giving it their best shot or not trying to work on themselves or you know, take some action that might have helped the relationship. So that's my little soapbox on regret. Don't, don't go for regrets, people. That's not good. Now, let's deal with you because you are the one listening to this podcast. I certainly hope you're listening to it out of curiosity and you don't have unhappy relationships, but I can almost guarantee you almost everybody has relationships where they're on, there are some level of unhappiness. So here's the first question. Are you willing to work on yourself? Well, I don't know. You might be willing. You might be unwilling. I have no skin in the game about how you do your life. It's your life. You do it however you want. I support you. I mean, I don't support you doing criminal activity and cr mean and cruel and vicious things, but I'm also not in your life. I'm not going to stop you. But are you willing to work on yourself? Because if you're willing to work on yourself, man, that opens up a whole new life. That opens up a whole new paradigm shift. Like, no kidding. So I would say, like, how are you doing on your self-care? Are you taking care of yourself every day? Are you, like, seriously taking care of yourself? Do you look good? Do you feel good? I mean, I will tell you my my one of my takeaways from the near-fatal car accident on Labor Day which probably came to me as I was kind of coming through processing uh, the grief and the loss at the five, six week part. I mean, we're two months over two months, two and a half months since the accident 
was I took great care of myself before the accident and self-care. And now guess what? Post-accident. Oh, I'm going to ratchet it up. I'm going to, I'm going to take even better care. Like I have, I do not want to end up like some of those people. I, I'm going to do more physical fitness. And, and that's really the only place I have to work on is doing more uh, athletic uh, exercises for my body beyond walking. So what are you doing with self-care? How is that? Because you want to feel good. I hope you want to feel good. So my next thing, what we're dealing with you. So there are some areas to work on self-care. Where is your self-esteem? Well, we have, according to all reports, 85% of the population that has low self-esteem. That is tragic. That is extremely sad. But that correlates with abuse and trauma and childhood trauma. It correlates. It perfectly correlates or almost perfectly correlates. So do you feel deserving? Do you feel worthy? Do you feel good enough? Like, are you letting love in or are you pushing love away? I don't know. But having your self-esteem increase is going to help you. It's going to help you in all areas of life. Are you generally positive and doing okay or are you struggling? Well, many times when you have unhappiness in a relationship, whether it's family, significant other, spouse, or even at work or wherever, you might be struggling and that's okay. The power when you're struggling is to be able to say, I'm struggling. And then figure out a plan. I mean, I have said to people in the past, I don't know how many years, oh, I'm I'm struggling. Because I don't hold it that I'm not allowed to struggle. There's really bad stuff that's happened to me. I mean, like over the top, bad, bad, bad. If you haven't figured out all of it, oh, there's plenty more. So, of course, I would struggle at some points. That's reasonable. That's normal. I'm not Superman or, you know, Superwoman. So if you're not doing okay, own it and claim it and then get in action because if you're struggling, you need to figure out what has to happen to move you from struggling to doing better. What do you need to support you? Who can help you? What do you, you know, make a list and get going, get an action plan together because you can move from struggling to doing better much, much better. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I really do promise you. But if you're struggling, have it be okay, but then don't sit around and be, oh, woe is me, I'm struggling. No, you can you can do that 10 or 15 minutes a day and then turn that off, get to work. And I'll have some other suggestions for you in a second here. So my next suggestion, dealing with you, because we're dealing with you right now, and how can you get through this unhappiness and whatever relationship is causing unhappiness is you focusing on your making yourself a better person. Well, we know from post-traumatic growth that you can use painful, horrible losses, life challenges, painful things and become a better version of yourself. And as a result, have life be richer and more rewarding. Well, doesn't that sound appealing? Well, it sounds appealing to me because I am a fan of using emotional pain to my advantage. What else am I going to do with emotional pain? Well, pain is pain. But if I can get a little benefit, a little side benefit out of emotional pain, where now life is going to be more rich, more rewarding and richer, I think that's a good deal. I mean, otherwise it's just 
sucks and it's terrible. Now, to really help you on this path, you're in a relationship of whatever kind and you're unhappy. I am flat out going to tell you one of the best things you could do for yourself in addition to what I've already said is to go to my website and download my free emotional processing workbook. It's free. So you go to www.lisaalundy.com. On the right-hand side, right below the Newsweek logo, is an icon for the free downloadable workbook. It's free. I'm not charging you $25. You don't have to sign up for a program. It's free because it's it's simple and you can read it and learn these skills. Now, I promise you, if you download the workbook now, it's, so the workbook is, is evolving. We're on version 5.0. And, and for sure, probably by the end of the year, we'll be at version 6.0. Um, and it's currently over 20 pages. This is what happens in your mind. This is like the thought process behind managing and processing your emotions, which is not widely available on the web. Now, I have mentioned, I think in a previous podcast, why that is. There's lots of reasons. None of the reasons make me happy, but it is what it is. So there's reasons why this content isn't available. And I am making it available because if we had people learn these skills it would bring down the suicide rate it would bring down the addiction rate it would make an incredible difference in the world which is why i'm not charging for it by the way we can't have mental health only accessible to people who can afford 25 dollars. no mental health has to be accessible to everyone so go print out that workbook and start using it what i promise you is your brain will pick that up your brain will learn what it needs to to help you go through. Now you might have some glitches where you go, oh, I think I have I think I need to deal with this or that. Okay, then go deal with it. But this is how I'm working to help you. I already know how to do that. I already know how to have this amazing life, even after a near fatal car accident, which I will say the hospital staff and the rehab staff were just they were just flabbergasted. Like who are you? Like, who are you? Who are you that you can have this kind of trauma and you're just like, like, it's like nothing happened. Well, clearly it's not like nothing happened, but I know how to manage and process my emotions like a champion, like the, like the expert that I am in that. So I dealt with it. I, yeah, yeah. I cried five to 10 minutes a day every day for at least, well, let's see, I was in rehab. So four, you know, probably at least five weeks, maybe five and a half. I, I didn't keep track of it. And on a bad day in the beginning, in the first three or four weeks, I might have cried twice a day for five to 10 minutes. And I, I wasn't like, I couldn't really hide it because I, I'm in hospital rehab. People come in and out of your room at, at will. But I was processing the grief and the loss and also then processing my gratitude that all of my injuries would heal eventually. I wouldn't be wheelchair bound for the rest of my life or I didn't have a brain injury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you learn these skills to manage and process your emotions, as I've laid out in my workbook, which I stand behind, by the way, if you're a therapist and you want to take me to task on that workbook, you bring it guy or girl, whatever your pronoun is, you bring your issues with my workbook to me. 
because I stand by it from a psychology standpoint from what we know that we have agreed to. Like we, we don't haven't agreed to everything, but I think it will pass the, t the test of time. So that's that. So my next suggestion, again, we're dealing with you, would be to start setting some goals. We know from the research, setting goals helps people be happier. Yes, it does. It's in the research. I have a whole podcast on that subject. I actually have podcasts on all of these subjects. Implement a reward system. Yes, I have a podcast about that. Why should you not be rewarded? Life is hard. Why not get a reward? I mean, come on. Give me one good reason. Well, go listen to that podcast. My next suggestion in dealing with you is, are you rational? Is your thinking rational? Well, unfortunately, we have a significant percentage of the population which is not rational. They're just, their thinking is irrational. That's a problem. That actually comes up as, as a topic in the, in the emotional processing workbook. Because if you have irrational thinking, as common as it is, and I say it's common, meaning over 50%, possibly over 60 or 70%. I'm not clear on the number, which is why I'm not giving you a number, but it's high. It is very high. That means it's like you're doing life looking through a, a car windshield that's covered in mud and you can't see and things are distorted and it's not clear. Do you want to think about life in a distorted, warped way. No, you want to be able to see life clearly, to have clear decisions, clear thinking, clear perceptions. So you might have to deal with, deal with irrational thinking, but you can deal with it. And it might be that some of the people who are making you unhappy in these relationships have irrational thinking, and that's helpful. Because if you're rational and they're not, that's a problem. That is like, that is, problem city. I'm telling you, I've been there, done that. That's really, it's a huge problem. Uh, unfortunately, at the time I didn't understand or know about irrational thinking. Um, so these things are helpful to know. Now, if you have children, as I mentioned previously, get them into therapy or at least have them look at my YouTube videos, have them start listening to my podcast. Listen, my material is PG. It's like, it's okay for kids. It's okay for young kids. I'm not talking about, you know, perversions and explicit things. I might hint at them, but you know, my podcasts and my YouTube videos, and I have over 40 YouTube videos specifically for young people because we're not helping young people the way we could be helping young people. So get them, get kids therapy, start talking and get to work on yourself. And the, the last thing I would add to this list before I give you some final thoughts is to learn how to generate your own happiness because I say this because this this I did not know was a thing until I woke up a few years ago and I realized that most people are typically only happy when they have the right circumstances and to be honest I was a little blown away by that because I thought wow I've had some pretty awful pretty tough pretty traumatic, pretty trauma-laden circumstances, if I was only happy based on my circumstances, I would have been depressed my whole life, like literally. So I'm very grateful and relieved that I know how to generate my own happiness separate from what's going on in my life, separate from my circumstances, separate from my relationship status, separate from my relationship, separate from 
uh, my money in the bank. That doesn't mean that if I have a relationship that's kind of gone off the rails and I can't get it back on despite my efforts, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be unhappy. I'm not talking about fake happiness, but I'm talking about you could have very bad stuff have and still have happiness. You could be laid up in a hospital, unable to walk, unable to, you know, move and still have some, some love and happiness in your life but only if you have the skills and only if you have the right skills. So I have written extensively about happiness. So I've got plenty of material to support you, but that's going to be valuable because if you're in a situation where you really can't change the dynamic because maybe it's domestic abuse and you can't escape it yet, or maybe it's your parents and you can't do anything about them and they won't go to therapy or they won't change or they won't admit they're wrong. Or maybe, you know, it's, it's some other relationship dynamic that you don't feel you could leave, which could be trauma bonding. You know, what's going to help you is to do all these things I'm talking about to help yourself feel better because then you'll be able to survive domestic abuse or other abuse or other trauma and not be crushed by it. Yes, you can come out of domestic abuse Okay, you really, you really can, I, I promise you, but you have to get to work on yourself. You have to have skills and abilities if you're going to come out of a major trauma or major abuse and, and be functional and have some happiness. Now, there's, there's impacts of dealing with abuse for sure. I'm not talking about skipping over any of that, but you can have uh, success and happiness and joy and good things even despite trauma or abuse or bad things. So you can't change other people. And I don't know if that you would want to. You can only change yourself. You can only get to work on yourself and you can see, well, what are you willing and able to do? And learning, by the way, learning some of the psychology that I've included in the emotional, the free emotional processing workbook will help you immensely. Because when you learn, if you don't know about projection or gaslighting or triangulation or some other very common tactics of abusers, things might not make sense. But when you get hip to, say, projection or gaslighting or triangulation, it's a game changer. I promise you it will completely change the game, the landscape forever because then you're not going to be conned. You're not going to be duped. I mean, you may be betrayed, probably betrayals going on, but you will, ha you will have a, a way to sort out the truth because some of these things are not that difficult to sort out if you know the terminology and that's very helpful. So I hope this has been helpful because we have too many people that are in un, have unhappiness in their relationships. And many of the relationships, I understand they can't change, but you can change yourself. You can get to work on yourself. You can have love and affection, which I highly recommend, even if it's not from your spouse or even if it's not from your parents or your family or, or whomever you think it should come from. I hope that's been helpful. Get to work because don't give up your power to another person who's unwilling to come to the table. You can't, you can give up your power. I mean, you really, you really can. I am just not a fan of that. And I'm not a fan of letting anybody ruin my life either. 
Like if that's ever going to happen, I will do it and I'll plan it out and I'll execute a plan. But why would I do that? Because look at all the miracles and joy and love and beautiful things in my life, even despite all the nastiness. It's like it's it's miraculous. So get to work, hang in there and uh, look for a better day. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 144, I Am Unhappy in My Relationship. I hope this podcast episode gave you some new ideas, some new thoughts, some new avenues for action so that you can move forward with your life regardless of what other people are doing and find happiness, find love and empowerment for yourself. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe because you don't want to miss one. And please share this podcast on social media. This is a very common problem people need help with. I love you. I hope you're hanging in there. Let me know what you need. And that's it for now.